0: coming up now and established in the faith follow after righteousness godliness faith love patience meekness fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on eternal life Gehazi would have been better off if he'd have chased after these things and instead he chased after riches and folks he got more than he bargained for Have your bibles this morning would you turn with me please to the book of 2 Kings chapter 5 2 Kings chapter 5 move down if you will to verse 20 But Gehazi the servant of Elisha the man of God said behold my master hath spared Naaman this Syrian in not receiving at his hands that which he brought. But as the Lord liveth, I will run after him and take somewhat of him. And I want to stop right there and use for a subject this morning, preaching for just a few minutes, the story of Gehazi. Naaman is on his way back from Israel to his homeland in Syria. He has just received one of the greatest blessings that a person could receive. If you'll look there in verse 1 of this chapter, 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 1, the Bible tells us that Naaman was a leper. But by the grace of God, he ain't no leper no more. ha, <laughs> ha glory to god he went to the right place and let me tell you when you come to the lord and humble yourself and you come to the lord on his terms when you come to him you won't leave like you came in jesus name you know the motto of the modern church is to come as you are but when you come to the right church that's preaching the cross You will not leave the way you came in Jesus' name. A lot of people are going to church this morning, and when they get there, and when they leave, they'll be the same. Not good. But you should come to church prepared for service, prepared to worship God, prepared to hear His Word. You need to come to church prepared to receive something from God. You may come and your heart is full and you've got a lot of things to bring to the Lord, but when you come to His house and you listen to His Word and you let the Holy Ghost have His way, He'll deal with that emptiness. He'll deal with that void. The problem may not go away, but He'll give you a little bit more strength so that you can make it through another day. Glory to God. Are you hearing me today? You won't leave the way you came. In Jesus' name. And Naaman received one of the greatest blessings that he could receive. He was the commander-in-chief of the army of Syria. He heard the testimony of a little maid that had been taken captive out of Israel. She said, Oh, how I wish that Naaman my lord were with the prophet that is in Israel. Because this prophet does miracles and he can be healed of his leprosy. This word came to the king of Syria, and the king sent Naaman to Israel to see the prophet Elisha with over eight million dollars in silver and gold to pay for his healing. And when he got to the house of Elisha, a messenger comes out of the house. And if you'll look at verse 10. The messenger said go and wash in Jordan seven times and thy flesh will come again to thee and thou shalt be clean. Now Naaman wasn't too happy. He was the commander in chief of the armies of Syria and he thought that he deserved special attention but Elisha didn't even come out of the house to meet him. All of us, I don't care who you are, must come to the Lord the same way. All ground is level at the foot of the cross, and we all have to humble ourselves before God because God is no respecter of persons, ladies and gentlemen. He's not. And they told him, the messenger said, to go and wash in Jordan seven times. He didn't like that. He was offended by that statement. He didn't like the message. When you preach the cross, you're going to offend people. That's what Paul said. He said, he talked about the offense of the cross. It offends people. How does it offend people? When you tell somebody that they are sinners, And that they are so bad that God had to send his son to die on a cross for them. That offends people. Now, Naaman didn't like it. He suggested some better ways. But folks, let me tell you something today. God only has one way, and that's the only way that is needed. What God has prescribed through Jesus Christ and what he did at Calvary... That is enough to meet the needs of mankind. And if you'll trust him, if you'll get down in that spiritual river, God will meet your need today. See, the Jordan River typified Calvary. The Jordan River was muddy. It was messy. It was not desirable at all. Oh, but when he got down in those waters... See, Christianity is not desirable by a lot of people. It's not. A lot of people don't understand it. Oh, but when you get in it, (laughs) glory to God, when you place your faith in what Jesus did... And the Holy Spirit comes into your life. Then you know what I'm talking about. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Glory to God. And you can't explain it. You don't have the words to describe it. It is something, ladies and gentlemen, that you've got to experience. Glory. He dipped himself seven times. If you'll look there in verse 14. He was offended by the message. And some of his servant men talked him into it. And he went down to Jordan, and he dipped himself seven times. Why seven? Seven is God's number of completion, perfection, and universality. What Jesus did at Calvary is a finished work. What he did is a perfect work. What he did is a universal work. It is for all mankind, ladies and gentlemen. And the Bible said that his flesh came again unto him like the flesh of a little child and he was clean. Not only was this man healed of his leprosy, but his heart was made anew. The Bible says in Second Corinthians five seventeen, therefore if any man if any man, woman, boy, girl, If any man be in Christ, place your faith in Christ and what he did at the cross. The Bible says he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new when Naaman did what God told him to do and he got down in that water. Not one time, not two times, not three times, but seven times when he obeyed God, he come up out of that water a new man. And let me tell you today, when you place your faith in Christ, you'll come up from that altar a new person today. Glory to God. Washed, cleansed, justified, sanctified, and on your way to being glorified when the trump of God sounds. This man was changed. He went back to Elisha and said, If you'll look there in verse 15, he said, Now I know that there is no God in all the earth but in Israel. Not only was this man healed of his leprosy and his heart was made anew, but God opened up his blinded eyes of where he could see that God, Jehovah God, is the one true God of all the earth. What a miracle! This man experienced something. Sadly and regrettably, he experienced something that a lot of people today are not experiencing. And he was so grateful, if you'll look there in verse 15 again. He, he told Elisha, he said, take a blessing of thy servant. Folks, when you get saved, when you've experienced what I'm talking about, And the Holy Ghost floods your soul. You just want to give something back to God. You want others to feel and experience what you felt and experienced. And you want to support the work of God. And while I'm right here, let me just say, there are some of you listening by radio. I received your love gift in the mail. It was anonymous. And we appreciate those gifts so very, very much. Make those gifts out to Friendship Church and send it to P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. And we can put them into the account, and this radio program can continue to go out, touch the hearts and lives of the people that are out there listening. And again, we thank you so very, very much for your support. But Elisha wouldn't take the offering. Now get this. The man is standing there with $8 million in silver and gold. And he wouldn't take it. And Naaman urged him to take it, if you look there in verse 16. But Elisha refused. Why did he refuse to take it? I'm going to tell you, this entire episode was meant by the Holy Spirit to portray the great sacrifice of Christ, which afforded salvation for all mankind. And it is a free gift of God. Nothing in my hands I bring, it's simply to the cross I cling. You cannot buy or purchase your salvation it is a free gift of God the only way you can receive it is by simple faith just believe that what God did in the sending of his son is sufficient whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved if Elisha had taken any amount of this man's offering it would have corrupted the type that the Holy Spirit was trying to portray. So Elisha couldn't take the money. And Naaman is now headed back to Syria with over $8 million in silver and gold riding on the backs of camels and mules and horses and whatever the case. In verse 20, the Bible says Gehaza. The servant of Elisha, the man of God, said, Behold, my master hath spared Naaman the Syrian, in not receiving at his hands that which he brought. But as the Lord liveth I will run after him, and I'll take somewhat of him. Gehaza had been Elisha's servant now for some time. He had seen the miracles. He was one of the few in the Old Testament that actually saw one raised from the dead. This man was so close to the power and the presence of God, but yet at the same time he was so far away. Are you hearing me? You you, you can go to church today. Let me back it up. You can go to the right church today that's preaching the cross and be where the presence of God is and where the power of God is flowing and still be far away in your heart. This man experienced the power of God and took part in one of the greatest moves of God of that day. Oh, but he had some issues. But before I get into that, let me just quickly add, don't we all? Let's look at it. First of all, Gehazi did not think that Naaman deserved to be spared. Now, he himself deserved to be spared because he was Jewish and he was the servant of Elisha served with him for many years and took part in the work of God I'm Jewish and I go through all the rituals and I bring my sacrifices and I pay my tithe and I go to church every time the church doors open and I say amen when brother James really gets down on it and I raise my hands and I praise the Lord and I deserve to be spared but this Syrian this Gentile that does not dress like I do He does not act the way I do. His skin color is not the same as mine. Oh, he's of a different political view than I am. And he does not deserve to be spared. Are you getting this? Folks, i got news for you. There ain't a one of you in this place, me included, none of you listening by radio in the parking lot, listening wherever it is you're listening from, by the internet, CD, however you're getting it today. None of us deserve to be spared. The Bible says that all have sinned. And come short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death. Eternal separation from God in a place called hell. Oh, but let me tell you the good news. But God sent His Son. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Gehazi said, Behold, my master has spared Naaman this Syrian. Folks, God will spare anyone Who believes in his son and what he did, his death, burial, and resurrection? Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I want you to notice there in verse 20 that Gehazi quickly pointed out that Naaman was a Syrian. Did Gehazi have some racial issues? Folks, as a child of God, we should never withhold salvation from anyone because of their race, religion, sex, sexual preference, political party, or whatever. We should never withhold salvation from someone because they're different than we are, because Jesus Christ died for everybody. It's a universal work. Maybe the issue wasn't racial, maybe his situation was unforgiveness. If you'll look there in verse 2 of 2 Kings chapter 5, the Bible says that the Syrians went out by companies and had brought away captive a little maid out of the land of Israel. How many others did they take away captive? Was some of Gehazi's family taken captive And he couldn't forgive the Syrians for what they did Friend let me tell you something today You're not going to live in this world very long Before somebody does you wrong And you were in the right And the Bible says if we don't forgive God's not going to forgive Unforgiveness Was this man harboring unforgiveness In his heart Toward Naaman Because of what his soldiers had done. Gehazi felt like that Naaman should pay for all that he had done. He said, look at verse 20, My master wouldn't receive at his hands that which he brought. Gehazi didn't understand salvation. I know the world out here doesn't understand it. But much of the church today, sadly and regrettably, we don't understand it either. Because when a person comes to the Lord Jesus Christ, he forgives all. He forgives all. There's nothing left hanging out here for you to pay for. He paid it all. Jesus paid it all. There's nothing left for you to pay. Now, I don't know about all these other issues, but I do know this. Gehazi had a problem with greed. He said, verse 20, As the Lord liveth, I will run after him and take somewhat of him. Gehazi was a part of one of the greatest moves of God in the world of that day. He experienced the presence and the power of God unlike anyone else in the world at that time. He didn't go lacking for anything. But he wasn't satisfied with that. 1 Timothy 6. And verse 6, the Bible says that godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing in this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. I ain't seen a hitch on the back of a hearse yet. A man told his wife, said, look, when I die, I want every dollar I got buried with me. She wrote him a check and put it in the casket. You brought nothing in this world, and you ain't taking nothing out. The only thing you're taking out is your soul and your faith. And if you don't have faith in Christ, you're going to hell. And I know that's blunt, but I'm telling you the truth today. He said, "Having food and raiment, let us be there with content, but they which shall be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil which while some coveted after they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on eternal life. Gehazi would have been better off if he'd chased after these things than instead he chased after riches. And folks, he got more than he bargained for. Gehazi had an issue with lying. In verse 22, he lied to Naaman about two young men coming down from Mount Ephraim who were in need. And then he told Naaman that Elisha had sent him. Get this. He used the platform of Elisha as a means to obtain what he wanted. Think of that. How many preachers today are using their platform to get what they want? And they refuse to preach the truth because it will offend people and they will not obtain what it is that they want. Don't get me wrong, it takes money to preach the gospel. But how much of that money is really going to the gospel and how much of it is being wasted on foolishness? Gehazi had a problem with lying. If you look there in verse 25, he lied again to Elisha about where he had been. Folks, you don't hear many sermons on lying these days. But let me tell you, lying is a sin. It is the sin of Satan that condemned the entire human race to hell. Jesus addressed this when he stood in the synagogue one day. John 8, verse 44, Jesus said, You are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. Revelation 21, verse 8, there are a number of things mentioned there in that verse. And one of the things mentioned there is liars. And the Bible says that all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. How many are living a lie today? It's one thing to tell a lie. It's another thing to live a lie. Gehazi chased after money. He got more than he bargained for. Verse twenty seven, second Kings five twenty seven, Elisha said the leprosy of Naaman shall cleave to thee and unto thy seed forever, and he went out from his presence a leper white as snow. Folks, if the things of God are not handled correctly, spiritual leprosy will be the end result. The same thing that happened to Gehazi will also happen to those who lie and misuse the Word of God to get what they want. And this, sadly and regrettably, is the story of Gehazi.